Hello everybody and welcome to episode 115 of Operation Retroshock. It is still a fabulously sunny day on uh, this lovely plane that we call Northern Ireland, simply because this is the same day as the last episode. Sorry to burst the bubble, everybody. Um, but I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and back alongside me once again... Seven years ago, Alan, oh my god, that's all I will say, Operation Retroshock had a fantastic interview. Who was the interview? I would imagine that's maybe Larry Kenny. Cool. Yeah. Way to know your episodes there, Alan. Speaking of old school cartoons, we're going to talk about a movie that nearly ruined one. <laughs> no. What do you mean nearly? <laughs> it did. Well, not the first one technically, but the series that followed, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about Transformers. <laughs> Yay. 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 Uh, before we start, did you actually watch the movie before we did this again? Or did No. You? Okay. I remember it well enough, though. Okay, because I remember that we went to see we did the second one for somebody's birthday. Yeah, it was my birthday. Yeah, because actually I, f- I forgot to mention the last episode. It's almost my birthday. When you hear this, it will have been my birthday, and I will be twenty nine years old. Oh, yeah, I remember that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, first question for you: Four score and many years oh, ago, whenever I was twenty nine, we didn't have cinemas. We called them theaters. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Initially, when we first heard this was coming out, what was our reaction? Were we looking forward to this live action iteration of the robots in disguise? I know I was very excited and um, at the premise of getting to see a live action Transformers movie. Um, trailers had me fairly hyped at this stage. Little did I know the influence that Michael Bay would have on all this crazy nonsense um, going forward and how yep. much things would get impacted by that. Because um, I'd enjoyed the Bad Boy movies and all. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't seen it at this stage, but I do enjoy uh, The Rock, not Dwayne Johnson. The okay. movie The Rock with yes. Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. um, by Michael Bay. So there is plenty of uh, Michael Bay's older stuff that I enjoy. So what I had seen of it at this point, maybe falsely lulling me into a sense of security. Yeah. Um, to the future of the Transformers brand. But no, on a, especially when I saw the trailers, I was hyped and excited to see this movie. What about yourself? I wasn't too sure because I have a funny feeling that this was the first film that came out that kind of started it all, you know, because we hadn't had a new Turtles film. Obviously, we still don't have a bloody new He-Man movie. Um, we didn't have anything else, you know, obviously we didn't have a Thundercats movie. We kind of... I think it was 2007 that this came out. Um, so obviously we hadn't had Iron Man or anything like that yet. So this was kind of the first reboot of like a classic cartoon. So because I grew up watching the cartoon, I was kind of, hmm, I don't know. You know, like Optimus Prime looked cool. Bumblebee looked very different, which mm. we'll get on to in a minute or two. But for me, I was kind of, oh, right, it looks good. And oh, she looks pretty, but... You know, then you focus, as the series goes on, it's more focus on the people rather than the title of the movie, which is Transformers, <laughs> not people, you know, like... or know, People I mean, in disguise. Yeah, exactly. You know, people just walking around with like a trench coat and a hat on, going like, oh, it's me. You didn't know that because of my glasses. Um, speaking of the main two actors, uh, Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox were the main two actors on screen. Um, how, their, how their careers have went in different directions over the years. Yes. Yeah. Do it. Um, 
Um, had we seen them in anything else, or was this our first exposure to them? Um, I should really use a better terminology than exposure in Megan Fox. But I honestly can't remember any other movie that these two had been in prior to Transformers. I know Shia LaBeouf was in a movie called Holes, right? Which was a Disney movie that had <laughs> that had stop it that had Sigourney <laughs> Weaver in it. Okay, it was a Disney movie, Alan. It's not a <laughs> you know like a. What was it about golf? No, it was to do with like digging or like you know like. It was about digging. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly have no idea. I didn't research it. I just knew oh, that off the top of my head, uh, and I don't. I'm scared to look it's it up. It's going to be those episodes, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, so had you seen either of them and anything else? Nothing jumps out at me. Um, definitely not Megan Fox. I I've known, or at least maybe not before Transformers, since Transformers. Um, a bit of Shia Buff's past and some of the movies he's done, I think TV shows as well, he was mm-hmm. heavily involved in as well when he was younger. Um, but in the run-up to this movie, not a clue at all, which is kind of what Michael Bay goes for you know, throughout these movies, yeah. especially in the Lady Stakes. Yes, totally. And then something to do with then those two have a falling out and then that's why she didn't come back for the third Third Transformers but then obviously they patched things up because then she was back for the Turtles movie which was Michael Bay done because I think she described him in no you know kinder words (laughs) as like a Nazi basically in terms of his directing style as in he was very dictator maybe he just like really liked the number nine a lot and that's why he said that who knows Uh, but apparently from what I was reading as well that uh, Megan Fox was at a Lincoln Park concert. Right. And this has nothing to do with Michael Bay, by the way. Funny considering they were their music. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Hey. That he actually, Lincoln Park actually pestered her to get them to do the music for right, the cool. Transformers movie. So if she hadn't been there, then we wouldn't have had the, you know, like the What I've Done music by Lincoln Park on that or uh, what have you. Um, Which has been strongly linked with us in the past. Yes, exactly. We used to be our um, intro. I was never said entrance theme, which entrance would be theme. totally <laughs> wrong. It would be totally wrong. Um, but before we go on to the next question, um, I did listen to some of the music. Obviously, you had like the nest theme, which is like to do with the Transformers and things like that. Um, there's so many movies for me. Like the first movie would probably be the best soundtrack. Very much so, Not yeah. Not one, you know, like, I think I've got, like, different, because I think I had Burned to the Ground by Nickelback. Yes. Um, Ministry of Slam listeners. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I'm very musical today, so. Um, yeah, so would the first one be your favourite soundtrack? Uh, definitely, and I think no small part of that goes down to Linkin Park, mm-hmm. because, and, well, the explanation is quite clear, and, what you know, getting it used as one of the themes of this podcast for a while back in the day um, of how much I enjoyed the music for it but I thought the music you know besides liking the music I think it fit really well with the movie yeah um, of course there were supposedly fingerprints of Stan Bush involvement in uh, the movie which it never really came hi. to fruition all that much hi um, Operation Retroshock Stan Bush yeah, it's fine, Sam. We've got what we need. It's okay. <laughs> You're a very cruel man, Chris. Um, <laughs> but no, like the... And I know I'm kind of jumping ahead in things, but the end of the movie when Optimus is like doing a speech and you get those you know chords from yeah. Lincoln mm-hmm. Park building up to the credits, Yeah, 
I think is, I'm not going to say it in any stretch of the imagination, one of the best musical kind of outros of a movie but or whatever. But it fits well. But it fits and it built and it built and it built. And it was something that they used from the first one and they used it in the second one whenever yes. you're standing on the boat and he's talking to Sam and then he's saying about, you know, you know we're here, we're waiting and then I think they did it for the you know, no matter what you thought of this first Transformers movie, there's definitely stuff in here I really enjoyed, and then there's stuff you're like, mm. I'll put it into context for you. That. that, but that, what I'm saying is, the music combined with like so that ending scene made me go, second one, yes, please. <laughs> I took my dad to see Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. What a movie! I know. Um, we went to see that, and Dad enjoyed it up to a certain point. Whenever I, I wonder think, which point. Whenever Spielberg forgot that he was writing Indiana Jones and thought he was writing ET too, um, because Dad was working in uh, catering. Um, sometimes he would ask me to leave him down movies, and he would watch some of it one night, and some of the other one. So I left him down Transformers, and he loved Transformers. Now this was after the second one had come out. And he right. went, Is there another one? I went, yes, but you don't want to watch that one. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want to watch that one, Dad. Uh, just leave it alone. You know, like it's like the leave Indiana the Jones. Memories alone. It's like Indiana Jones has a three disc box set and a special feature of another movie that you shouldn't watch. <laughs> Um, the ever-present Peter Cullen reprised his role as Optimus Prime for this as the fans wanted him brought back, to which he was very thankful for. Sadly for Frank Welker, um, he was approached to reprise the role of Megatron, but had to turn it down due to conflicts with other projects. This is where it gets very interesting. Ooh, juicy, juicy. Michael Bay also felt his voice was too light for Megatron's new beastly look, and uh, and so Hugo Weaving took the role of Megatron. Welker... Uh, would also go on to voice several Decepticons in the sequel, notably Megatron's new body, Galvatron, in Transformers Age of Extinction. Was Bay right to cast Hugo Weaving as the leader of the Decepticons? Because I think that is absolute BS to say that Frank Welker's voice doesn't fit Well, the th- Beast voice. There's, beast. A, there's a few things to hit on in that. Number one, Frank Welker wasn't taking the role due to conflicts of some sort, so... That, that's one thing so there was all, it's not like you're saying that Hugo Weaving was picked over Frank Welker because he wasn't Frank Welker oh yeah yeah Frank Welker wasn't able to take the role in the first place so that's, there's no there's no debate there alright <laughs> Michael Bay Price but then th- slightly thinking of the fact though coming back to Frank Welker that he wouldn't have fit mm-hmm. Megatron he is Megatron, yeah. you know, no matter whatever you decide for your look of Megatron, the voice works mm-hmm. because, again, a lot of the animated shows that followed on TV involved him still as Megatron. Yeah. And the looks were very different to the original and I was still like, Megatron, that's cool. You know, fine. I'm mm-hmm. good with that. So that nonsense is out the window as well. Um, but speaking of Hugo Weaving... I think Hugo Weaving is a great actor, has had some amazing roles throughout the years. Um, His voice is very iconic. I think a key one that stands out for me for his use of his voice, rather than him as an actor, so to say. You're going to say Captain America, aren't you? No, actually. Oh, right, okay. V for Vendetta. I've never seen that. Worth it. Check it out. Very good, because based off a comic. Um, His character that he plays in V for Vendetta, Vendetta is always behind a Guy Fox mask. Okay. So you never actually see Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. So his performance in that movie is 100% vocal. 
so and he is superb in it. So I could see why Michael Bay went and got someone like Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Because he does have that sort of a voice as well, if you think back to Agent Smith in The Matrix as well. Mm-hmm. That he has that very imposing uh, voice that could be off your lead villain sort of thing. But would have I ever had him over Frank Welker if Frank Welker could have been available? Yeah. No. Do you think that he should have cast a somebody like Frank Welker or you know, like or Peter Cullen, who are an out and out voice actor to really get behind the role? Somebody, you know, because you know, at this point we hadn't really seen. We'd obviously seen him in the Matrix and stuff, but we hadn't seen him in like um, you know other things like Captain America, etc., where he's behind a mask or whatever at certain points. Um, or like V from Vendetta would have come out before it, but do you think that he should have, they should have went for a voice actor route, you know, like because obviously you could have had, say, John DiMaggio, say, who was like well known as Marcus Phoenix in Gears of War. Was he not in it at some point? I think, was he not, uh, see, I'm trying to remember all the names now. Um, I honestly I'll, I'll, couldn't tell you. It's, there's so many people in this, but... Voice actor or not, voice actors are actors at the end of the day. In my opinion, voice acting is probably... He played Crosshairs and and the third one, and then Nitro Zeus in the fifth one. That's a name and a half. Um, But as I was saying, to me, voice acting is as hard, if not more so, than normal acting. Mm -hmm. So I consider them actors anyway. Because they have to get everything across purely from their voice. Yeah. You know, there's no watching them and seeing their little facial tics or a raise of an eyebrow or, you know, conveying of emotion on their face. Mm-hmm. So would have it maybe have been better to get a more seasoned uh, actor that was used to this line of work? Maybe. Um Am I going to cry myself to sleep at night? Because it wasn't. Not particularly. Um, was there anybody that you would have had in mind that you thought would have been better? Or do you think anybody from the original kind of lineup of actors from Transformers would have been better? It's, it's hard to know um, who around that time you would have said, like, oh, let's get this person or let's get that person. But, you know, you want to go for somebody with a big, gruff voice. Because if he's saying that, you know, like Frank Welker's voice doesn't fit that, they can change it, you know, like, so if he was available and then he went, we're not going to get you because that voice doesn't suit that, change it, but still have that voice that fans know because Optimus Prime, no matter what shape he's in, you know, like, has that voice. Yeah. And you're like, all right, okay. Um, but for Frank Welker, I mean, like, from him doing a unicorn in Dungeons and Dragons to doing Slimer <laughs> in the real Ghostbusters to doing Megatron, yep. you know, that's like saying Jim Cummings, who does a voice for Pooh and Darkwing Duck, would never be able to do the voice for, say, a Darth Vader. Uh, he can do because there's different ranges that we can get, go to. It's, but I know what you mean. Frank Welker is second to none when it comes to voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, the absolute variety he has done across the years is nuts. He is amazingly good yeah. uh, at animal noises. Usually when he... like, when, If they need voices for animals in movies, mm-hmm. 
he's the one to go to because I know this is going to be an extremely uh, odd one to you'll bring up. But the original uh, Smurf CGI movie that came out, mm-hmm. you know, with Gargamel and yeah. all, he was the voice of the cat. All right. In the Smurfs movie, you know, so the range the man has. Yeah, but then you look at ridiculous. the likes. You look at the likes to say James Arnold Taylor, who is a very skinny man, who was the voice of Fred Flintstone. Yeah. You know, so whenever you have this very you know, hey Barney, you know, like a very low, gruff voice. And somebody can project that. But speaking of which, um, last time I kind of blew your mind with, um, you know, like who was going to be cast as Eddie Valiant. Um, oh dear, here we go again. Speaking of voice actors, there was somebody who was considered to be the voice of Bumblebee and Ratchet. Okay. Okay. Let's just say that I've mentioned the guy who does the voice for his character in The Clone Wars. Right, okay. So, Go James Arnold Taylor does voice for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. Right. Was considered to be the voice of Bumblebee and Ratchet. Okay, interesting. So, um, would you have a Scottish Bumblebee? You know. What a beauty. Oh, uh, you wee shy. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> I don't know where that was going. The accent would have been a bit odd one for that. Whoa. Um, don't worry. We weren't going there. Um, well... Considering now we know, when you know, over the years that Bumblebee still doesn't have a voice, mm-hmm. this must have been very early in proceedings. Yeah, to be considering Ewan McGregor for Bumblebee, um, they obviously went the route of different like radio clips and songs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Ratchet, I don't say I would have cared. No, because Ratchet was very Bumblebee's very. You know, Ratchet's and, the, Ratchet's the medic. You know, yeah. But would have I cared that, you know, if someone was coming to me and say, oh, the Transformers movie's coming out, did you hear you McGregor's Ratchet? I'd have been like, okay, okay. that's nice, thank you. Who's Clank? <laughs> um, Emma Stone actually auditioned for the role of Michaela as well. That would have been very early days, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the only film that I would have really known her for around then was, me. I can't remember if she was in Mean Girls or not, but obviously the... Superbad? Or was it Pineapple Express? I don't know. She was in one of them. Okay. She might have been in both of them. I don't know. Well, anyway, so would you rather have had her as Michaela rather than Megan Fox? Well, she's a better actress. Yeah. So, you know, that's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Do I like Emma Stone more than Megan Fox? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I would have thought she'd have probably provided a far better character. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be like a table in a bit weird. Yeah. You know, we're being awfully cruel to <laughs> Megan Fox here, so we are. I'll tell her whenever I but meet her. <laughs> specifically on the caliber of actor, it's night and day. Yeah. Now, yes, this would have been again in movies early days for Emma Stone, but I still think even in early days, um, she would have uh, acted herself well better than I uh, could. I could Megan. see. I could see past it that. That character of Michaela as Emma Stone would want to be with Sam rather than Megan Fox. I'm not saying that Emma Stone isn't attractive, but I think there's two levels. Emma Stone, and we're not, I don't want to bring this down to looks and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, because we all know why Michael Bay went for Megan Fox at the end of the day. There's There's been no uh, hiding the fact that uh, he always likes to hire uh reasonably 
you know teen to early 20s ladies that are fairly attractive but in terms of looks Mm -hmm. what you're, you're trying to say is that emma stone fantastic actress very nice looking lady is a more sort of girl next door look yeah rather than right there's megan fox very who, much especially at this time frame yeah. was like well that could be a model and how the heck is this dweeb gonna yeah very much like in the original spider-man with kirsten dunce being literally the girl next door yeah you know like and then obviously um with that but yeah i i for me, it would have been. I think that would have fitted better. Yeah. Um, because whenever I was talking to Natalie about it, go like the one thing that never got me is why somebody like her would be interested in a guy like him. Yeah. You know, and then whenever she never knew it existed until around then. Until giant robots arrived. Exactly. Of course, the Transformers are the same as we know them, whether like a Bumblebee, Starscream, Jazz, and Ironhide. Did we like the way the Transformers looked? Was it too far departure from the generation? You know, like the uh, yeah. the first generation one cartoon. For me, one of the big key factors for me is the noise of them transforming. Yes. That is synonymous with Transformers. Whenever you were a kid and you had your Star Scream or your Soundwave, co- you know, thing, and you transform it, you would go, yeah, and you'd make that noise. Whereas, I find that they did the noise, but it was very right. It's here's all like metal clunking around and there's yeah. a bit we bit of a there yeah you know but make it it was very low in the mix yeah there was one who was it that transformed because i was watching it earlier on and there was one that transformed and you could really he- it was the it was, when, it was the black hawk helicopter no it was whenever no? they put the your man's phone in and they oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. transforms you could hear the noise then yes but I, I remember when we see Optimus transform the first time mm-hmm. uh, in front of Sam, yeah. Shia LaBeouf. His is very heavy with the mechanical noises. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hear the clunks and the bangs yeah. and stuff like that. There's still the odd, you can hear it, like I said, low down in the mix of the noise for the change. But it's you can cl- quite clearly hear that they're going very much for the, this is you know, proper metal, that's yeah. metally noises and stuff, whereas everybody would just kind of want to hear that iconic noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for with you, whenever you were looking at the Transformers, like obviously, you know, Optimus is Optimus is like the truck, but it's based off a different kind of truck, a Bumblebee. It's like a Peterbilt or something like that. Bumblebee. Excuse me, I'm not an, I'm not an American truck enthusiast. Yeah, but Bumblebee... But it's, it's, it's the pointed nose rather than the flat. Yeah, Bumblebee was meant to be the VW Beetle, which he would yes. be in the Bumblebee thing. But then the reason why he wasn't that was because Michael Bay would think that people would get him confused with Herbie. That was his sole reason for doing Herbie is like a it. white cream with stripes. Mm-hmm. Bumblebee is yellow. Yep. I am confused. I am too. Of course. But, you know, what you're asking in terms of look-wise of these things... Um, there was more. I, there was ones I liked more than others. Mm-hmm. So there was now going back to Megatron. I'm not a particular fan of the Megatron look, so I'm not. I do find just the aesthetic of the character mm-hmm. doesn't really work for me at all. It just it doesn't. You know what he can transform into doesn't really compute with the look of the you know. The Decepticon form okay. 
for me um just kind of the shapes kind of the curves and stuff like that again that maybe comes back to the whole cartoon thing where you're just so used to them being more kind of blocky and stuff i do think the one i like the best is optimus Mm -hmm. because yes he's been changed but you still look at him you go well that's optimus prime yeah so it is bumblebee yes he's obviously not a volkswagen beetle i find him fine and you know Mm -hmm. overall everybody else was i really fussed ratchet no not particularly what was he like a humvee kind of ambulance and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so he was um and then everybody else were like um general motors vehicles because there was a general motors kind of deal between a porsche i think i think there was like pontiacs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. in there as well um but on the whole I like some more than others. What about you? I think the furthest departure for me was Soundwave in the second one. Because obviously Soundwave was obviously the ghetto blaster, the one that had that iconic voice. And again, you've got this like satellite thing in space, which I'm like, that's Soundwave? And I'm like, oh. Oh dear. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like, fair enough, you didn't need to have like a 1980s blaster, but you could have had something modern you could have had like an ipod with docking station or yes. something like that because apparently that little thing that gets zapped is a nokia phone yes they wanted uh to use apple but apple wouldn't give them the right. license to do that so that's why they had nokia that's why your man asks if anyone had any nokia or blackberries and they're like 2007 asking for nokia and Black- oh, geez, wasn't God. a fan of star screens look either uh i think the whole decepticons they for me, I've always known more of the Autobots than I have the Decepticons. Yeah. But there was a lot of them, you know, that I was looking at going, right, uh, you know, Generic, de- generic Decepticon number two. You're just like, oh, right, okay, okay, that, that's fine, you know. But I, it's the same with the Dinobots. They weren't utilised properly for me, but that's something we'll get on to in a minute. Um, but we've briefly talked about with the music. Um, did you know that Steve Jabla... Jablonski, we'll say, was assisted <laughs> by his mentor Hans Zimmer in composing the musical score. That makes sense. That's why you probably like the music that yes. that much then. Yeah, because it has like a there. There is there is a particular tune in this that is by him that I really really like. I can't remember its title for the life of me, but it is as you kind of say, very Hans Zimmer like. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's. There's also tracks that he's done in the past, I think, that have been used for, like, WrestleManias and all as well. All right, okay. I think it might have been, was it 19, potentially? I think it might have been one of the build-ups to, like, 19 or something like that. Again, I could be completely wrong. But uh, you can't go far wrong with inspiration from Hans Zimmer. No. I mean, that's why the... It's not a case of whenever the music comes on, it's out of place. Or like we said, you know, there's certain moments like whenever they're actually all heading off to the dam and then they go past Optimus and he's like speed round and then they follow them. Um, things like that, where the music just sits perfectly with that. And I think that's one area that they got right. Obviously, the action in it is whenever the action kicks in, the music with action goes well too because it's a high-paced, frantic you know, army, you know, civilians against these robots and then Xboxes getting transformed and things like that. Um, so 10 odd years ago, whenever this... I, I find that so scary. Whenever this movie <laughs> was first announced, this movie was set, the release date was set without a script or anyone being cast. 
nowadays we get this like dropped like that you know like so Avengers 4 will come out this date you know we have this will be you know like Masters of the Universe as a prime example will be out December 15th 2019 <laughs> I'll believe it whenever I see it yeah um, but do you think like back then we would have um, acknowledged that or we would have found out that little bit of information thinking oh there's a Transformers movie coming out and you know whenever it came out you know, thinking back to this time and where the internet was and news in general and uh, social media and mm-hmm. all, social media was still reasonably in its early days around here. Yeah. Because I only got an alert a number of weeks ago saying that it was my ninth anniversary on Twitter. Oh. So it was. So it was, you know. A year or so out from, you know, probably social media taking off. Facebook would have been more prevalent at this time than Twitter or anything would yeah. have been. So you would have still been going to news sites or reading in magazines. Mm-hmm. Your information. Print is dead. He wants banker. <laughs> <laughs> um, for your movie info. Yeah. There wouldn't have been the simple case of, oh, I'll log on to YouTube today and watch my favourite movie. Uh, yeah, watch Collider you know, talk about yeah. Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and you know, here's all your movie news for today that's come out, or here's a discussion about the latest trailer that's come out. Um, this sort of thing, what you're saying about, you know, before there was a script, before there was a director, before there was anybody cast, you know, the date was floated out there. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't get past a day now without being so in-depthly discussed. Yeah. Because um, there's like, say, the last episode you said about Transformers 5 had got a release date and nothing's been done about that. And then they pulled that back. So, again, with the Transformers, we're like, oh, let's put this out for this date. And then, like, let's. And then you were saying about them wanting to try and yeah. uh, rebuild their franchises. So. And get back to basics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, completely different thing back then I'm trying to remember how I would have originally heard of it might have been a trailer mm-hmm. and that's sort of you're still talking at this time trailers would have probably been a key part of seeing when something's coming out yeah but the fact that this is even pre-trailer mm-hmm. that they had announced a date for a Transformers movie and floated it out there with nothing basically there is crazy and but it's something we take for granted now. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many movies that have either got release dates put out, and you look at the New Mutants one and how much that has been delayed. Yep. That was meant to come out, I think, um, maybe around April, and then yep. it was pushed till Christmas time, then it was pushed till April year, next yeah. year, so there's a lot of them that have done but that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's common practice nowadays. Marvel and Star Wars are the key components of it, so they yeah. are, you know. Uh, Marvel haven't really done something like this recently because they're hedging their bets on the run into Avengers 4. Mm -hmm. But I'd say once we see Avengers 4 kind of nicely and neatly sorted out at the next big, be it Disney event or Comic-Con, you'll probably find Marvel come out and go, "Uh, here's the next two or three years worth of movies. There are dates penciled in already and like, Disney kind of yes, com- yeah. you know I've seen that leak of stuff like, yeah where you know, untitled yeah. Marvel movie stuff mm-hmm. like that so dates are there but we don't know as yet what they are 
So talking about um, great success, but great uh, success, uh, but it had even better success as it became the fastest selling DVD release of two thousand seven. Yes, DVD. I had it on. D- D- I had a DVD. I had on HD DVD. Wow, that tells you how long ago this now is. And now I have it on Blu-ray. Did you purchase the other films? Full price. First one. Mm-hmm. Second one. And third one. So, third one was kind of where I was like, "No, nah, this isn't going to go anywhere anymore." <laughs> um, but no, definitely the first three. Definitely the first two. <laughs> definitely the first one. Sorry, definitely the first. <laughs> definitely the first two. I would have bought when they were like straight out. Mm-hmm. Three, I might have t- left a wee while, but it probably was still fairly full price at that stage. So I would have never purchased four. Okay. Or whatever, so I didn't, and whatever that one was with Anthony Hopkins in it, I haven't even seen. Okay. So that tells you where the Transformers movie, movies went for me. I was like, first one, oh, that was all right. That was okay. I'll mm-hmm. see. I'll take a second, second one. Okay, that wasn't what I was thinking. That yeah. was going to be. It was not as good as the third one. Oh right, okay. Um, and then what was it after that? Was it Age of Extinction? Yeah, Age of Extinction. Yeah. And it's just like, oh right, okay done now okay bye <laughs> that makes sense i mean the first one i remember i got from playusa.com back in the day i got i remember play usa flip the amount of times i went to that yeah um i got the american version of it i think i did um, that for fast five because it was like out in america like a month or two before yeah, there yeah um, it was like a french canadian cover on it <laughs> i got i got that um no i got the first and the second one together on a box set and work and game the third one I got, I must have. I the third one I got in that discount place that was in Castle Court, the head place. Yes, I got that in the three for ten offer. Nice. The fourth one I just recently bought from Music Magpie in a two for five pound deal because Johnny and Work wanted had watched all of Cobra Kai and wanted to watch the Karate Kid films. Right. So I got all three Karate Kid movies on DVD and then that, and then the fifth one I watched fell asleep three times during it. And oh will not purchase it unless I get it for less than 50p. Yeah. Um, it was one of the worst. It definitely shows you where the franchise has gone, and uh, as went, you say. I, I went onto Wikipedia and read the plot, and I was just like, oh my lord. Yeah. Something um, about like a dr- drunk Merlin and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, moving on. Now. Yeah, uh, Optimus Prime is in the first part of it. He then gets kind of brainwashed to then go and fight Bumblebee and the rest of the Transformers. And then that happens at the end of the movie. And that's whenever Cybertron is coming down because Megatron wants that to happen. And you're like, such a mess. And you're like, oh, it was dreadful. Um, And Mark Wahlberg uh, is in it. And I liked him in the fourth one. And this one, I just did not. Right. And the only one that I've liked in all the films has been Glenn Morshower, I think his name is. I don't know how to say it. But he's kind of got the ginger hair. He's kind right. of like the one of the directors in like the first one. Okay. He's the one he bossed around um, Josh Demel's character. But he, oh, because right, he okay. was in yeah, 24, yeah. he plays the part great in that. Right, um, okay. So for the scene where Megatron corners Sam at the top of the building and Sam clings onto the statue out of sheer panic and fright, Shia LaBeouf was actually on top of the building wearing a safety harness. 
but no safety net was beneath him, so his terror was real. Whenever we saw that, did we think either that was a stuntman, or did we think, oh, that's a CGI, you know, like him being on top of the building? That, and then that does that. actually surprise me to hear that. Yeah. Because there's not many people you would hear, um, or at least be allowed, actor-wise, to do this. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, the only kind of main guy that you know goes out there and Tom does Cruise. his stunts, yeah, with minimal safety precautions, is Tom his, Cruise. Probably because of his size. Is Tom Cruise. So maybe the reason why he was put in here is because Michael Bay was like, oh, he's only a new boy, so if something <laughs> goes wrong, you know, it's not the total end of the world. Um, but no, that is surprising because... You would have expected it to just have been right. Oh, like let's recreate that little bit of the building. We'll put them on a blue screen, and mm-hmm. that'll be that. Not by the way, Shy. You're going up the top of this building here today. We'll put you in, you know, a wee safety harness. But that, that's that's your lot, mate. You know. Obviously, with Transformers, um, with this and with like the stunt coordinators. Obviously, we'd seen uh, a big stunt go wrong, which was the Bumblebee car accident. Yeah. Um, not in the first one, but one of the later ones. Yeah, yeah I think it was like a police car that whacked into the side of it whenever he came around the corner, and then they went and put a sheet over it, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> it's just like Bumblebee is dead. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, uh, time of death. Um, but yeah, it's weird that the fact, like you say, like with this kid, maybe he would be like, no, I want to do this. You know, whether he would like, do it. Maybe that's what he said. And then he got up there and was like, oh, yeah. no, this was bad. Because decision. whenever I was watching that and I was like, all right. And then you see him like looking down oh, and he's holding on because don't forget, he's got the, the cube in his hand yeah. as well. So he's kind Unarmed. of... armed. Yeah, he's kind of doing that, and you're like, okay, that's just... But it, also, but it also wouldn't shock me to know that this was Michael Bay being Michael Bay, and... You would get up there. <laughs> you know, he would get kicks out of this sort of thing, mm-hmm. to try and get a rise out of someone and get genuine fear, and he got it Yeah. at the end of it. So, like we were talking about earlier on, is this the best of, at the time of recording, five Transformers movies... Uh, I would like you to rank them in, ter- oh. in terms of from worst to best. Worst to best? Yeah. Oof. Five, which is a lost night, which was last night, which would be and my... five, four, two, three, one? No. I think it's just five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Mine's five, four... Hold on. No. Five, three... No. Five, two, three, four, one. Oh, you really don't like number two? No, number two was the one that they was running through the desert oh, for I about know. forty-five yeah, minutes. Yeah. I was like, "You want to go from there to there?" That's like me playing a video game. See, I, said, like, I did initially say five, four, two, three, one, but then I remembered John Malkovich in number three, and I was just like, "Oh no, no, no!" <laughs> <laughs> the stuff with John Malkovich in the third one, I was just like, "What is this about?" Yeah, you know, it was really freaky and really odd to me. Um, but I do think this is definitely one of those movie trilogies. Is it trilogies? I'm trying to be generous here. Quadrilogies. Uh, this movie series. Okay. Um, that it's pretty much as you go, things just progressively, at least mm-hmm. in most people's eyes, would be the slippery slope down and away. <laughs> so it is. Um, the question here in lies, where will Bumblebee eventually rank? Well, that's actually what my last question Perfect is going to be, is are we excited for the new Bumblebee movie? I hate myself for this. <laughs> but I watched the trailer, 
and I was genuinely intrigued and interested. I think a key component of that does come down to the return to the Volkswagen, yeah, to the Beetle, mm-hmm. and you can clearly see he's not this big hulking sort of flipping like twenty foot high boy anymore. Yeah. He is proportionate to the size of the of the Volkswagen Beetle. Mm-hmm. Am I keen that he still doesn't have his voice? Mm, not really, because it did look like it was going to tee up and be like, oh, because this is like in the seventies. I think this is going to be based, which doesn't work out considering you can see modern Humvees in the trailer, but then John Cena's there, so <laughs> yay for con- yay for continuity, unless they time travel. <gasps> Well, that happened in number five, didn't it? Paul uh, Beza DeLorean in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I got more excited simply because they seem to have pushed things back. They seem to have pulled it back a bit and went, right, let's go and embrace the original style just that wee bit more. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Is Bumblebee perfect in how he looks in terms of comparing him to the cartoon? No. Uh, does he still have looks of how he did in these main Transformers movies in terms of his face. Yes. But he looks far better. The thing that excited me more in terms of just kind of like the little cherry on top of the trailer that kind of edged me from oh that trailer was alright to okay I'll I'll look forward to the next trailer and Mm -hmm. I'll make my choice then was the shot of what looked like potentially Starscream. Yes. And he very much looked the original style, mm-hmm. the very square face, and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it has me interested, and I hate it. But this this is kind of a key thing with Michael Bay movies. Now, yes, Michael Bay isn't directing Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And I think this happened for me a lot with the Transformers movies. Is The first one, I was like, oh, there was things in that I was like, that were, weren't good. But I enjoyed it overall, so I'll go and see the second one. You go and see the second one, you're like... Alright, but then the next trailer comes out for the third one. Yeah. That's one thing Michael Bay can manage, is he can create... Now, I'm not saying he's 100% creating the trailer, but he will oversee what he wants shown. He can make a trailer, make you think, oh, I'll give it another chance. Yeah. And that's what almost frustrates me with this Bumblebee one. I'm like, I don't think it's going to... I, <laughs> I don't think I can say... It's going to be as good as the first one because mm-hmm. that's like holding the first one on some sort of pedestal, which it is not on. No. I don't know. What about you? But there's a fine line between a two and a half minute trailer and a two and a half hour movie. This is true. You know, we're like in the corner. Oh, Optimus, we have to get over there. Okay, let's go. It's like, say, The Hobbit is like a 180 page book, but let's make it three films. Yeah. There's only so much of stretching you can do, and there's only so much of you go, here is the premise of this plot. Right, okay, we're going to drag this out as much as we can. Very much like this episode. Um, <laughs> but, Ooh, oh, that's nasty. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm interested to see where this is. For me, this isn't Transformers 6. This is Transformers minus 1. Oh, you know, this yeah, is, definitely. I wouldn't catalogue this, even though this is a Transformers-based movie. It will be set... I, I like the fact that if this is a character interacting with Bumblebee more than that, here's Bumblebee, but here's this love, um, you know, oh, no, 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 here's no, 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 this that, going please. on, you none know, like, that. I don't need to see it. I want to know about the Transformer. I want to know about the Autobots and Decepticons. I want to know why he's here, why he's, you know, on Starscream or there, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but no, I think like you say, you know, like I'll watch another trailer and then go, okay, this is like Christmas time, perfect. I have no Star Wars film to watch, yeah. so this won't be like a midnight open. This may be like <laughs> no. you know, go to a um, afternoon a, and day uh, off. a cheap Tuesday evening. Yeah, exactly. Job. So this would be one to go and see, but. Um, for me, the first Transformers movie will always be the go-to of the Transformers franchise. You know, like, and with you saying, you know, like, obviously it kind of went in a steep decline. You have other movies, franchises that still keep going, but still, like, with the last Fast and Furious movie, it did better than any of the other previous yeah. Fast movies. It's crazy. So that shows you that this, what was that, Fast 8? Eight? Eight. So that's usually the eight movies and we're, and we're moving on to nine and ten and the Hobbs spin-off. Yeah, so that's usually that the eighth movie is the best movie of all that franchise. Whereas, you know, I didn't have I, the... I, it, it, financially, it was the best. Yes. Story-wise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Story-wise, there was, there, was, there was plot holes, like, don't get me wrong, but out of the other ones, it was the least confusing. Okay. Because the third one for me... With the whole Leonard Nimoy and Ultra Mangus or Mangus or whatever character he played. Yeah. For me, there was a lot of characters that I didn't care about. Whereas this had me with, you know, like going like, oh, here's all these characters I love. And then as time goes on, (laughs) as time goes on, here's characters that I don't care about or I don't know about. And that's what kind of frustrates me. Whereas I think with this, they may go, right, okay, here's Bumblebee, here's Gears, because Gears is a small Transformer, you know, like, so here's other ones. But yeah. we'll hold out and we'll see. Hopefully we'll have a Bumblebee review next. I think I far, I think I far more enjoyed um, the CG cartoon that came out not long after this. Transformers Prime, is that? Yes. I've actually started watching it. Is that the one that starts off with Rock as Cliffjumper? Yes. Yeah, I've started watching it, but um, because I've started watching iZombie, that's kind of fallen by the wayside. But it's a nice one just to pop on for half an hour and work while I'm eating my lunch and just watch but it. But yeah, that, the Transformers Prime, and then I think it eventually changes into like a Beast Wars one or something. There was like that, that, and there was Transformers Animated, um, which was actually really good. It had one of the main characters, and that was called Bulkhead, which was like a big army van i think um which i'm actually getting uh one of the creators uh, one of the people who did the front cover sign at london comic con and i actually asked him to draw me an optimus prime uh g1 on a transformers uh comic blank comic so i'm interested to see how that turns out cool um uh, i suppose we'll round up here um favorite scene in transformers one oh that is a difficult one um not Megan Fox, because I know what you're like. No, no. I would probably say... I would probably say the part with... Um, whenever your girl takes the chip to your fella, and then he's saying about the police come in, and go like, my grandma doesn't like anyone on the carpet. <laughs> Never mind the police. And that comes to something, you know, like, he was the comedy relief for me in this character, whereas the guy from Sector 7 got progressively worse. You know, whenever he's sitting under the transformer and he sees their testicles, and you're like, "Oh, and he gets oil." Wow, yeah, so oil. Oh, yeah, he gets lubricated. Lubrication. Right. Um, yes, but um, stop lubricating on I would the human. I probably say that, or the first time you see Optimus Prime as the the trailer, um, as the uh, truck, and then we don't see his trailer until like the third movie. Because I remember you sent me a photo of that. Yeah, years upon years. Yes, ago. yes, yes, and that still turned out to be wicked. Yeah, uh, so it did. Wicked. Um, I 
like the the end with the whole Optimus speech stands out for me, but I also like the opening with the whole Decepticon coming in and just wrecking the army base. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. That see the opening of that, see when I first sat down to watch this movie, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be amazing if it's anything like this. <laughs> it wasn't. But you know, just the whole transformation because at the start of this, you didn't get to really see the full transformation. You saw the helicopter land. Yeah. And then you kind of saw it start on, like, a security camera. Mm-hmm. And then you just hear, ah, ah, and, you know, all those sort of movie screams going on. I was just like, more of that, please. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe didn't get that entirely, but it was grand. The first one was fine. It's just where it went thereafter, really. Yep. But you never know, Bumblebee may make things right and we may get them heading, if they do decide to continue the Transformers films, again back a bit like Turtles hopefully, back to the source material a wee bit more and designs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because you could set one on Cybertron, you know, know, they don't have to be all cars, they could be different things as long as you can distinguish who is who. Yeah. Because that's the thing is that once you have a lot of Transformers on screen and... You don't have that booming voice like a, um, like an Optimus Prime. You're kind of lost of, who's that one again? Because that's one thing in the cartoons did. The cartoons were like, here, here's Bumblebee talking to Ironhide. And there's Cliffjumper. And then, oh, here's Gears. And here's a new Transformer. Here's this one. And you're like, right. Well, this is obviously to push toys out because I've no idea. These weren't here like last week. And now we've got like 10 new Transformers. Wow. That's what Transformers are for, is to sell mm, toys at the exactly. end of the day. But uh, yes, thank you all for listening, everybody. We hope you have enjoyed um, our Transformers talk here. It has been episode 115 for your lovely ears to listen to. If you want to get in touch, let us know something that you would like to hear us talk about in the future. Feel free to drop us a message on Facebook. Just search Operation Retroshock. Or you can get in touch on Twitter at RetroshockPod. Our DMs are open so anybody and everybody can message us, even if you are not a Twitter follower, Simon Michael Davies. Um, <gasps> yeah, I found that out the other day. I'm extremely offended, Simon. Uh, it's not our fault we have to tweet and promote the show. Um, oh, <laughs> but yeah. There is a mute button, Simon. <laughs> Don't mute. Uh, but yes, if you aren't a follower, do feel free to follow us on Twitter, but anybody and everybody can DM us, whether you do or not. We would love to talk about some stuff that you guys particularly want to hear because um, the viewership, the listenership is indeed there. Uh, again, I've been keeping an eye on the numbers for this month and they are continuing as strongly, if not more strongly, than last month, which I was extremely happy with. So, oh, we, appre- so we appreciate uh, absolutely everybody who has uh, rejoined us from our old run on the show and everybody else who has joined us on this new burst of the show. So thank you all very much for uh, listening. Get in touch. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about in the future. Any news articles, any movies, any TV shows, any video games, whatever. Just give us a topic and we'll see about talking about it. Um, Anything you want to say, Chris, before we depart? No, I think um, we're probably just going to hedge our bets and see what movie we talk about next. We don't want to kind of want to say one now in case... Chris is saying that because he has been unable to find a copy of Muppets Treasure Island. I will get a copy of it and we'll talk about we'll it at some there. stage. We'll come. Yeah, so we don't know what film we're going to talk about next, but once we do, we'll do it in the episode 
uh, previous to that and let you know of that but yeah just thanks to everyone who follows us and interacts with us and also listens to the show um it's good to see that people have come back and new people have stepped on to listen to it but yeah like alan says you know like uh, you can send us an email as well even if you want to email me vento316 at gmail.com just with your thoughts on the show or like topics you want us to review but don't forget that if you're on itunes we're available on itunes stitcher and what tune in did you say as tune well in, yeah yeah so and of it, course podbean because podbean are our main host yeah but if you're on itunes leave us a review send us you know like a screenshot of your review um we always like to get that kind of thing it's kind of one of the things that a lot of podcasts like to see um, what you could improve on, you know, like I think we've stepped away from doing the silly voices as we were... Except uh, for the start of this episode. Yeah, apart from uh, that. But, uh, you know, you have to start somewhere, you have to continue going, but, you, you know, like at the end of the day, you want to try and do as much as you can to please everyone. Um, but, yeah, just let us know what you'd like to um, hear us talk about later on. That's not bad. We've been back doing this show for this stretch for not a kick in the backside of 20-odd episodes now, and that's the first time we've asked people. Uh, I haven't actually went and checked recently, so if you have already left us a review, yeah, thank you all very because much. Because <laughs> the, Amer- the American iTunes is different. We can only check the UK one. So, uh, say, Michael Lacey had left us a review, uh, and we can't see that. So send a, send a, sc- a screenshot, that's easy for me to say, and put it on Twitter or put it on Facebook, or leave us a review on Facebook, because you can do it that way as well. Uh, but yeah, just like, even though you're there listening, you know, just interact with us and we will interact back and, you know, there could be an episode that we talk about something that Alan and I maybe have never thought about talking about and it could stem from just like a simple tweet, you know, something like that. Exactly. So, we shall see you all next week. It'll more than likely be some more RetroShock news. Um, we hope you look forward to that and we shall talk to you all then say bye bye Chris I'm going to roll out instead sigh duck duck